a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, I got to sit down with Disclosure Team's Vinny Adams. We have a wonderful talk about UFOs, Disclosure, what's going on in the movement right now. It's awesome. All the ways, of course, to find Vinny will be linked down in the show notes, so you guys just go check that out. So without any further ado, Vinny Adams. All right, everybody, welcoming to the show. It is Vinny Adams of Disclosure Team. How are you today, dude? I am really good. Thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate you letting me come on here. Hell yeah, of course, man. Uh, Whenever it comes to stuff like this, I always get the best. I promise my audience the best. And when you want disclosure, you call Vinny. And so to have you on the show is a true honor, man. I've been a fan of your work for quite a while now. So uh, we are going to get into it here in a minute. But before we do that, if you don't mind for my audience that may not be familiar with you, do you just mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm um, I'm a UAP researcher out of England, and I've been involved. I, I say involved. I've been looking into the subject, researching for about a decade now. More involved in the actual community, um, only in the last sort of couple of years um, since I kind of moved over to to social media and and sort of those kind of platforms. So I really kind of put myself out there the last year or so, and it's. Uh, keeping me very very busy (laughs) yeah i can imagine well there's a lot to talk about as we were speaking uh before here uh Mm. so have you gone on tiktok yet i haven't no no jump on there dude the algorithms are great uh i know it sounds crazy and i'm a big proponent of um that i was not a fan of it before and then my wife was just kind of like no no just check this out and showed me a few things i actually got on there it's done wonders man so hop on there dude you would kill it on there because there's a massive following for this kind of thing as well there should be it's the greatest mystery of our time besides what happens after we die right Uh, and they might not be disconnected right so uh tell us a little bit about your work that you're doing currently man um, well, at the moment, um, I suppose it's all based around what's been happening in the last sort of six months with the, the UAP task force out of the, the Pentagon and stuff. So obviously, we got the preliminary assessment on June 25th, which I think a lot of people were hoping for a lot more. But um, I think it's kind of paved a way where we're going to start seeing more things happening, whether it be um, congressional hearings um, and things like that. So my other research is pretty much grounded to a halt while I see what's developing at the moment out of that kind of um, area of the subject. So, yeah, but I've always got things going on as well. Um, I've got two YouTube channels now, so I'm doing interviews all the time. So, yeah, trying to juggle all that with family life. It's a, a, it's a full-time job. <laughs> it is. It's like six full-time jobs, right? You're just yeah, really good it. at it. So from your perspective, <laughs> it's one full-time job. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, your work is fantastic. And we all kind of have a catalyst into this type of world, into the UFO, UAP world. Uh, so what was your moment? What was your wake-up call to that this is a real phenomenon? 
Um, I suppose it's something I've been interested in since I was really young, you know, just going to the movies and stuff, seeing things like E.T., the extraterrestrial, and I was a huge Star Wars fan. And so just to see all those different races of aliens in, you know, in the Star Wars world was just something I was fascinated with. And then I think getting older into my 20s, uh, you know, I was reading books, watching all the documentaries I could possibly watch. And I always had the question in my head, you know, like, who else is out there? What else is out there? And I, I just couldn't get the answers I wanted. Obviously, we still don't, but I wanted to kind of do something with it and look as far as I could into this sort of phenomena. And then, yeah, it's, it's just something that it just grabbed me from a young age and here I am, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say would be one of your favorite uh, old school UFO cases? Oh, old school cases. Oh man, that's a tough question because there's so many. There, there um, are and they're so varied. I'd say it's probably a, quite a little unknown case that's from 1979 in Holland called the Susterberg case. Um, it was a military base. You had about 12 military witnesses to a huge black triangle coming in really low across the base. Um, so I've, I've interviewed a few people from that case and it's just phenomenon. You know, I think a lot of people would know about it if it happened in the US, but because it was outside, it, it, it didn't really get put out there very well. So, you know, that's a, that's a phenomenal case. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll have to go check that out. And of course, I'm going to be linking all of the ways that people can find you down in the show notes. You guys are really good at that. Just hop down in the description and every way to find Vinny will, that he will allow me to put out uh, will be down there. Uh, so uh, like I said, man, uh, the UFO phenomena is something that's fascinating. So when did, more specifically, when in your mind did it switch from UFO to UAP? Well, that's the, that's the thing. It's actually UAP has been used for decades um, through through the government and through the military and stuff. I suppose when we're talking about it, how it seems to be switching now in in the media and popular culture and stuff, I think it happened probably sort of end of 2017 when the whole To The Stars Academy, the New York Times um, article came out that sort of was the first to really tell us about... Um, ATIP, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program and the work that Lou Elizondo had been doing, it really sort of blew open the doors. Um, and I think that's when we started seeing this big sea change in how it's talked about, how it's perceived, both in government and the military and now in the media. So I think that, that was really it. So the last sort of four years. Yeah, and Leslie's article did wake a lot of people up to ATIP and what what happened with that. Uh, you know, and Lou Elizondo has been around um I, I want to get into the two to the stars academy with you here in just a minute, not quite yet, but I, I I want you to kind of be ready for that. Um, but with with all of the things that are coming out now, with the with the disclosure movement being a little bit more palatable to the everyday man, because people like me and you, man, and a lot of folks that I talk to, we we've known that something's been going on. There's definitely a phenomena out there. That is zero question. What it is, of course, is where the fun ideas come into play from independent researchers such as you and me, uh, and that's where we get to really play. And I, I want to get into that with you as well. But um, with with the stair step into the public's awareness that the UFO or the UFO phenomena has been studied by our U.S. government for a long time now. Do you, what effect do you think that that's going to have on the populace whenever some shit really happens and things really start to look outstanding? 
do you mean in the, like if we get actually get acknowledgement of sort of technology and stuff like that? Yeah, or even better, like a UFO actually presents itself over a major city. Um, what I mean, effect do you think on society that's going to have? I think it'll have a mixed effect. I think there will be some unrest in certain places. I think that's just natural and inevitable as well. We might see a a problem with the sort of financial markets being hit through panic and stuff like that. But to me, I think it needs to go through that to then come out the other side um, in a bigger and better way. I think uh, humanity and everyone across the globe will benefit for something like that. You know, I think people think it's a scary thought, but again, you know, we've seen it with COVID. We've seen it with race riots and stuff like that. You know, there is always unrest when something happens, whether it's good or bad. And it, we just need to go through those things so that people come out better the other side and people can be held accountable. And, you know, because we cannot continue the way thing, things are in this world when we're talking about the oil conglomerates and, and petrodollar and stuff like that. If we have access to a technology that can provide free energy, um, it can, you know, help hunger you know in third world countries you know and i'm talking over a, a long period of time but it needs to get started so you know that's how i see it in an ideal world but of course it isn't that simple but you know we'll see hopefully yeah no absolutely and i'm, I'm optimistic about it as well man um i really am so what do you think though about it, it seems to be that in TVs, films, movies, all that kind of stuff, in the earlier days, of course, Robbie Graham wrote that great book, man, Silver Screen Saucers. I've had him on the show. He's wonderful, by the way, if you, nice. if you want to talk to somebody. He's over there in, in your uh, neck of the woods over there. So, uh, But what he outlined in that book was the U.S. government's active suppression uh, and demystification of the UFO phenomena in TV and film up to a certain point. And then after that point, uh, they just kind of fizzled out and they decided to work in a more pro-US military way of disclosing information about UFOs. So they kind of flipped the script in that way. They figured out how to make it profitable for them. And so therefore, it was no longer needing to be suppressed. I don't think that it really had much to do with the fact that people were getting a little bit more open to the idea or more evidence was coming out because there wasn't really much going on in that transition yeah. so with but of course and you know you get them to sign on to use their military hardware and stuff like that so of course they're going to suppress it but what i think has been going on is this slow parcel of information out to the public about the idea that ufos exist now in most of those accounts of the director and writer wanting to portray that information to the people it's usually in a very scary way it's usually in a very threatening manner um and with the parcel out of that kind of information, do you think that society is going to take it a little bit better whenever it finally comes out? Or like I said, a big UFO, we'll stick with that analogy, comes out. It's hard to say. I think we've heard from so many different angles about the threat narratives and how they're taken, how they're perceived. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I think some people will see if the, the you know the, the example you gave with a, sh a craft coming over a city or something there'll be people that are petrified of it there'll be people that are welcoming um and i think it has just been mixed up for so long through movies and propaganda and things like that and um, so it's going to really be difficult to sort of say what's going to happen who's going to react in what way um yeah i don't know so it's do a tough you, one do you feel that ufos are a threat no they're a potential threat I mean, we cannot say that they're, I mean, I hear this, that if they were a threat, they would have destroyed us a long time ago, but I don't think it's quite that simple. I mean, if they're an advanced species, they could be just biding their time. Yeah. 
and maybe one day they will come down and attack. I don't know, but for everyone just to say, oh, they're just friendly, la-di-da. I mean, you can't, you've got to leave everything on the table until we know for certain. And I think like everything in the world, there's a, a, a positive and a negative, a plus and a minus, a good and a bad. So who's to say that there aren't good races and who's to say that there aren't bad races out there somewhere in the universe or in dimensions and stuff. It's, it's too unknown to be forming, you know, concise conclusions on what they are because we don't even know if they're physical, if they're, you know, coming from other dimensions. And I don't think the government knows that much either. I mean, if they have crashed objects and maybe bodies, who's to say that is a physical race? Yes, it might be, but it doesn't mean that that's all ETs and all possibilities. You know, we've got the extraterrestrial, the ultra-terrestrial, the crypto-terrestrial, the interdimensional, so many possibilities. So I like to stay very open to all of them until we have evidence, you know. I completely agree. And I think just recently, I think I was talking to Richard Rokeby. He wrote a great book about uh, some lights that happened in 23 over there in the UK, uh, the Burton Dasset um, event. Oh, yes. Very I, I, cool. I, I know the spot as well, close to where I grew up. Yeah, Warwickshire? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, great guy. But on there, we were talking about the fact that there are all these different possibilities for the UFO phenomena. And what I love is that we, I've seen personally a bigger shift to people leaving their their minds open a little bit more to the possibilities of what they are. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the folks, you know, that plant their flag. Nope, they're only coming from Zeta Reticuli because I got that information from what I called an alien and it couldn't at all be like a djinn or a negative entity trying to just mess with my head or something. Of right? course. <laughs> like you said, it's all on the table. So I, I do like this approach that we are just kind of figuring it out. And on that episode, we talked about it. What if it's all of them? Like, what if it's all of those things? What if they are... You know, what did you say? Crypto terrestrial? I've never crypto terrestrial. That. So that's something that is already here on this planet. So they're not necessarily traveling from anywhere. They could be hidden in the seas and stuff like that in the oceans. They could be hidden in a separate um, dimension or just outside of our five senses, but right here, right next to us without us even being aware. So it's just a possibility. That's cool. I've never heard that term. I usually refer to them as like inner terrestrials, like hollow earth kind of thing. And I guess the, I guess the water would kind of apply to that as well. Absolutely. Um, I like crypto terrestrials. When are the shirts coming out that say crypto terrestrials on them? Yeah, that's a good, good yeah, dude. A good idea, have like actually. something <laughs> crawling out of the water, man, a badass USO, you know, half submerged, dude. Uh, you, that one's on the house. You just take it and run with oh, it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I saw your, uh, you were rocking the Engaging the Phenomena shirt the other day. Yeah, James man. is awesome, man. He's so sweet. Like the sweetest love that guy, guy in the film. Yeah. Uh, you're second though, so that that's perfect. And if you want to be second, you want to be second to that guy, right? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've we've covered a, a bit here, and I wanted to I wanted to kind of circle back to a few of these ideas that we'd already touched on. Um, so one of the things that I find most delightful about the UFO phenomena, or about the UFO community rather, um, that study the phenomena is this idea of our awareness that um, there's high technology out there that would change the world for human beings as far as when we talk about zero-point energy and you talk about people describing uh, experiments that have been done on this planet and then those people end up, you know, suicided in the in a suitcase in the river, right? Yeah. And so you, you find that there's all these alternative methods of energy, which is what I think we are drawn to um, as researchers because it's... We're still empathetic, right? Yes, we keep our heads in the clouds and we we observe things that are out there and the possibilities, but we understand that there's a community around here that we also want 
to not see suffer. And so yeah. with this energy, with this zero point energy, this this would be it. This means free energy for everybody. That means no more, I mean, suffering on that level. That's a massive one, man. And I think that's one of the biggest things uh, that that screws over humanity in a big populace because it does anchor so many people to this outdated and antiquated technology that arguably we already have, you know, we've already been aware of it with, with the stuff Tesla was doing. Um, so I, I get that that's what we want. So is that, do you share that sentiment that the feeling of that we want the technology to benefit the people? I, I do. And it's a tough one because I think we sometimes think of all the good things that this technology could bring us. And that's great. But then you also have to think of it as like, it's technology that someone else has or created like a, a, a higher being, a, a race out there. And we want their technology, which to me is just like, it's the same old story. Humans just want, want, want. And I feel a little times, I feel sometimes like it's just a little bit conflicting in my mind. Yes, it would do us wonders for this planet, the people, the actual environment and everything. But do we do we deserve it? We're certainly not owed it by a a, a different race. That, you know, we can't take it. You know, I, I don't, I'm conflicted as to, to to my thoughts on it. Yes, I want it here. I want it to do good for the planet. But yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. That's fair and that's honest, man. I, I like that a lot. Uh, what are your thoughts on synchronicities? The concept of that things will appear to you at the right time in your life, you personally, that will change the direction of your life or aid it in some way? Yeah, man. It's yeah. I think ha things happen for a reason. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. It's a bit. I'm very nuts and bolts with my research. You see, so I've only recently started thinking about things outside of something that's in your control um and i'm really coming around to the idea of things like synchronicities and right place right time or the universe is you know has this grand plan for you already and stuff like that so yeah i mean i just have to look at where i am right now you know a year ago i wouldn't have put myself here and yeah i can say i've done the work and i deserve to be here but at the same time i think i think there are other things at play um, and I, I don't know what but i do believe that there are other aspects to to the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now. So absolutely, and then to your point too, that everything happens for a reason, or, or subscribing to the idea that that's absolutely possible. Uh, then one may say that us getting granted some sort of technology like this would be a synchronicity. It'd be right place, right time. It's just like, damn, the universe uh, just gave us this amazing gift for us to benefit humanity. I mean, the the split is always there, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You're you're always going to see people that want to profit off of it and hold humanity down, but the benefits for humanity way outweigh not having it or feeling bad or feeling un unjustified in, in the receiving this technology if yeah. we utilize it in a positive way, right? It, Absolutely. From, from my mind. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And so with with this understanding, though, that the new technology would be something that would be just radically different and change our lives. Uh, what you said about the ancient cultures, and I completely agree, but the Apache wanted to get guns. And so they traded us for horses because it gave them a fair advantage militarily. Um, yeah. But also they saw other advantages to be able to benefit their tribe, which was to go out and hunt for it, which was to not have to worry about predators. Like these things gave an, an advantage to the tribe, even though it wasn't a technology that they created at all. And they just then later utilized and 
and benefited from, which is the only point I was trying to make. Oh, um, that's cool. But I like I like the idea, and one's mind just does wander, man, when it comes to this technology. So what do you think applying some of this technology to the human race on a positive level would look like globally, just as an idea? I mean, I think the big things for me are we need to – we need to get off the fossil fuels because we're literally destroying the planet. I think that's number one. We need to reverse climate change and global warming and all that kind of thing. Now, obviously there are a lot of people out there who don't believe in that kind of thing, but Hey, that's fair enough. It's up to them, but I do. Um, and I think, yeah, we need to sort out the environment and then all the people hung, going hungry across the world, you know, it's just, I just don't like it. Yeah. I struggle with it. I struggle with it because, you know, I'm blessed to be put born in a country where I'm, I don't have to worry about that, but then, you know, it could have easily happened to any of us. We could have been born anywhere in any country and be suffering. And I think we need to do something about that. I think the priority should, should be there, you know, but then you get these people who are just greedy and it's all about money and stuff like that. Well, it's all good having money, but if you haven't got a planet to live on, what good is money, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a great point. See, this is what I mean about UFO researchers. We're empathetic. You you have passion for this. You have a, a desire to see humanity prosper, which is beautiful, man. Uh, okay, so let's get back to the fun stuff. So uh, let's talk about To the Stars Academy. What is your read on that thing? I thought it was great. I mean, I remember seeing the, uh, the initial press conference in October of 2017 with Tom DeLong, you know, standing up on that stage saying, Here's the team. This is the guys that we're going to be working with. These are the things that we're going to be doing. And I was just blown away. I was super excited. Um, and then I kept my eye on them, obviously, really closely. And it felt like after kind of six months, I was like, yeah, you kind of promised a lot of stuff. And it's like, we're not seeing it really yet. Just teased and hinted at, you know, with the metamaterial research project, Adam, and things like that. We it just never really got anywhere. Um so I wasn't surprised when kind of some of the, the core members left and moved on. And, you know, it, it was a disappointment to see Tom DeLong sort of go quiet on the UFO subject. I mean, I know he's all about that entertainment and media side of things, which is fair enough. Uh, so I'm kind of glad in a way that Chris Mellon, Lou Elizondo, um, Steve Justice, Semi Van are all still here in the, in this subject. Um, yeah, it would just, I just liked the idea of having this one group that was dealing with all different aspects. So yeah, you know, no big deal. We'll, we'll still carry on in this subject with or without TTSA, you know, keep calm and carry on. Right. <laughs> it, it is something interesting though. Uh, so you got an altruistic vibe from it, uh, even after waiting a little bit to hear back from them. Did you think that it was true in what they said and that they're, they're genuine and they're, way that they're going about this and that it's in no way a government psyop at all? It's a tough one because I hear that a lot. I just like to see more evidence to, to say that, that that's the case. You know, yes, Sammy Van CIA and Chris Mellon coming from his office within the Pentagon and Lou obviously counterintelligence, but you can be those things and then still want to do good in this subject. You know, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being naive, but again, show me the evidence to prove it, that it is a psyop and stuff. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It it's doesn't resonate one. with you in that way. No, not okay. really. 
that's perfect. That that's <laughs> that's it. I mean, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I'm a little bit more skeptical simply just because it's coming from the U.S. government, man. And as for evidence, I can send you a laundry list of conspiracy theories that were proven to be true, uh, and the way that your government lies to you constantly, even your government, man. I'll I'll send yeah. you some stuff, and I'm sure you're aware of it. But yeah. uh, that's that's my evidence for that. The, versus grassroots folks like yourself doing the actual evidence out here in the field, that is where I think the most progress has been made, uh, simply because it's unfiltered, right? It's not uh, it's not filtered through agendas and policies and a tenure and things like that. Like there's an open uh, desire to discover what's going on out here in the in the most free way possible, which has been cool. So it's it's been one of those things to where we've we've gotten a great handle on what's going on. I think just observational research and a lot of incredibly smart and talented people out here doing this work. We are lucky to have such minds on it. So um, who's one of your favorite people? If if you're looking up research, uh, who's one of your favorite go to researchers to um, check out their work? Um, there's a few, man. Um, I suppose some of the newer guys in the subject, like we mentioned, James Ian Dolly, engaged in the phenomenon. Big fan of what he does. Yeah. Um, people like Joe Mergia, UFO Joe, uh, Danny Silver of the Silver Records, just great. Um, and then you've got people like Dave Beatty, who did the Nimitz Encounters. He's really good at looking at the Navy side of things, really digging in deep um, on some of those cases. Um, gosh, who else? There's loads. <laughs> they just the list goes on. Rich, I mean, I still like the the old the old heads like Richard Dolan and Hell yeah. people like that. I think they they just continue to do great work. So yeah, they all all of them together. I like sort of pull little bits out of what they're doing and try and utilize that in the way I do my research because obviously I've got so many outlets. I I got my Instagram, which is for a lot of news and stuff like that. I've got my YouTube's for interviews and stuff, and then my core research, which doesn't go out anywhere. It's kind of you know, that's for me kind of thing. It's your archive. So I have to take little, yeah, the archive. I have to take little bits from all different researchers to fit into all of those different aspects of my work. So it's, it's good. Yeah. And this is what's so fun about the phenomenon as well. You've got all these wonderful researchers that can go in all different directions and you kind of captain planted them or Voltron them all together. And then you look at it from your perspective and in all the little things that have come up along the way, man. I mean, this is what's so cool about the phenomena as well. It, it lends itself open to creativity, to new ideas, yeah. uh, to just kind of assessing the information. And then whenever you point something out, hey, did you think of this? And the guy's like, no, I didn't. You know, nobody's really that butthurt. There's some there's some dissent, but I don't know. Uh, that's going to be with anything, right? You're talking about humans. So um, <laughs> as far as all of the theories go, man, uh, with all of the UFO phenomena, what is your favorite? If you just had to go, man, you know, of course we're not planting our flag. We don't know if it's real or not. But what's your favorite one? Um, I, I would say out of the possibilities of what they are. Yeah, or any of it. I I'd mean, if you made up a new possibility, let's have it. I do, like we were saying earlier, I love the crypto-terrestrial, the fact that they could well be here already and have been here forever, even longer than humans have, you know. Um, I think that that is, a, is one that I really, I suppose, want to be the true origin, you know. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that there's possible undersea bases or undersea portals depending which way you look at it i think it's exciting more than anything for me personally but again that's just to answer your question that's not to say that is what i believe no, to course. be the thing but you know that's the one that really excites me 
Yeah. And I love the idea of uh, crypto terrestrials as well, uh, because it's just like that movie uh, Future War. Do you ever see that? That's It just came out with Chris Pratt. It's not that good. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I saw it. Yeah. The, the cool thing about it is the way the aliens were here, because they were talking about like an alien invasion, but they were frozen here from a yeah. long fucking time ago, man. That shit is cool. That shit is cool. So what would you consider that? Is that an a uh, crypto terrestrial or an extraterrestrial cuz technically the crash happened here they're not from here they're frozen here they've been here longer than humanity so shit technicality what are we talking about yeah that's extraterrestrial definitely okay. yeah gotcha. they just happen to i don't know be in this hibernating state or frozen whether that's just purely it then yeah they, but still yeah extraterrestrial cuz they crashed but then could they be ultra uh, crypto terrestrial you know, if they crashed so long ago, they've become crypto terrestrial because they live here now. You know, there's different ways you can sort of look at it. Yeah, that alone will boggle the mind. Just wrapping <laughs> your mind around definition of it, man. That's really cool. No, I, I do like that. And I agree with you. Those are fun topics, man. I do love the future humans, of course, coming back in time machines. That one is yeah. so cool. But it could be all of them, right? It could be all of this stuff, which is Absolutely. which would be even cool. Like the super friends of phenomena. It would just be all of it. Man, I, I love it. I think it's great. So um, with with your research, uh, what's one of the coolest connections that you've made in the in the UFO field? Uh, somebody that you were like, damn, I, I really like that guy and then or girl. And then you were able to interact with them or help them with research. Um, gosh, just so many. I mean, I was kind of doing my thing on Instagram and I first kind of got contacted by James Ian Dolly engaged in the phenomenon. He said, do you want to do a short video for for a YouTube video he was doing where he collects different uh, views from different researchers and puts them into one video. And I'd never shown my face before um, as the guy behind Disclosure Team. And that kind of, I was really skeptical and dubious about doing that. But I did it. And then <clears throat> once my face was out there, it, it just, it was nothing but beneficial for me. Everything ramped up. I got to meet loads of new people. And, you know, um, I've got good friends all over the world now who I speak to on an almost daily basis, researchers, friends, like, and then I've obviously got access to be able to speak to people like Lou Elizondo and, and, and some of the big names and stuff. So I'm just blessed to have, to being accepted into this community, you know, in such a short amount of time. So yeah, oh, yeah. it's, it's life changing. That's great. And yeah, the connections are wonderful, right? That's like the best part of this is networking with everybody and getting to hear all these um, ideas. So um, as far as uh, conspiracies go, are you into conspiracy theories at all? I mean, if you're this big into UFOs and the secret, you've got to have dabbled into a couple. Oh, yeah. All, all the time. <laughs> Over the years. I mean, I did. When I was younger, I was into the whole Atlantis thing. Um who built the pyramids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't really touch upon like the COVID conspiracies and all that kind of thing. I just, I just ain't got the time. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm aware of most conspiracy theories and probably have something to say on them. Um, but yeah. So what do you, th have you ever heard of project blue beam? I have. Yeah. And I think I it's not love that one. Right. I, I don't think there's anything to it though. To no? be honest. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Why? What it doesn't resonate with you. Why is that? It's never really, you know, it was talked about big at, at sort of the 90s and the early 2000s. There was only a couple of researchers talking about it. They never had any data or documents or evidence to really show that it was being ramped up to be something. It was probably talked about as a possibility for something real. But then it died a death and it's never come back. And the few people that kind of do talk about it now, they're still, it's like they're just flogging a dead horse it's it's no nah, there's nothing you know 
the technology needed for it, yes, it's possible. But if that was something that the government or the military were planning to do, 2021, they've got better ways that they could hoax an alien attack or stuff like that. So to me, again, show me the evidence and I'll believe it. I hear you. I, I'm a big fan of it. I like I said. I think it is so much fun. I take it's it very fun. seriously. Yeah, it's a cool I think idea. It's very, but... it's very cool, and the 7D technology is already out there. Scott Skull technology has already been proven. Like they they do this. It's overt. It's out there. And then you combine that with any re-engineered craft that they've gotten. Of course, it's going to look like that, right? The, you know, I agree with you that it petered out, but I will disagree and say that it's dead because I think it has ramped up more than ever. I have never heard more people talk about Bluebeam, and the reason is is because of the disclosure going on right now sure the big talk about it is is of course uh project bluebeam guys if you haven't heard about it go check it out sergey manast i uh, wrote a book on it uh it's a fascinating thing where basically the powers that be will fake an alien invasion amongst other things like jesus is in there and he like you know fights the aliens it's pretty cool uh, all via hologram and sky to skull technology that, of course, our governments collectively have across the world and um, have been doing. You know, there's evidence of that stuff going on in Cuba and all over, like these foreign dignitaries will get together and they hear stuff in their head and they get messed with a little bit and they think that that's part of it. Okay, so uh, with the government rolling everything out, do you think it's going to be this altruistic way that they just disclose to the public, hey, here's what's going on and that's exactly what's going on? Or do you think that they might leverage it in some way, leverage the and see it as an opportunity to kind of rein in more control it's a difficult question to answer i think they're still trying to figure that out themselves at the moment um i think what we're seeing in government is, is a lot of the old guard the old guys that covered this up for you know 70 years or whatever it is and i think we see some of the newer generation of um, people in power in politics and in the military as well who are genuinely like enough's enough we want we want to be the ones that bring this out to the public um so i think there's conflict there within ranks um i think a lot of it is um, the older guys. They know that if they disclose that they'll have answers to answer about the last 70 years and the ridicule, you know, that why did you, you know, do this? Why did you cover it up for so long? So I don't know. I think they're waiting maybe for some of them to die off and so they don't get the questions, you know. I think we're seeing that and we're very close to that. So that's one possibility that I subscribe to through through the, the names I see and then some of the things I see when I'm researching and trying to connect some dots. That's a really big possibility for me. And I think that's why we're seeing disclosure coming out as a real, real slow process and not just a, a big capital D disclosure. One day they admit it and that's it. So yeah, I still think they're trying to figure it out themselves. It's interesting to me that people haven't had more mass sightings and more, oh shit, there's a bunch of people that saw this UFO. There's no denying it, it was caught on you know camera um, mm. and there's no denying it. And it's, it's interesting, the idea that um, just after the U.S. government finally, or any government says, okay, yes, UFOs are real, they've been here the whole time, we've been working with them, and then they just come down. Uh, is Do you think that there's some sort of agreement with the governments and the UFOs, or do you think that there is just a huge mystery going on there that they don't know anything about? Again, it's a possibility that we have heard stories of that, you know, the Eisenhower meeting, and you know, with the the extraterrestrials. I mean, it was great. It's great. I'd love it to be true in a way, and yeah. That would be great. I need more. I need more personally. That's just how I work. So I, again, I leave it on the table because we ha can't prove it one way or the other. Um, and I, I hate having to answer like that because it's not a very exciting answer. But it's an honest that's just, answer. It's, that's that's okay. just how, how I work because I don't like saying, yeah, I think it's true. But then someone says, well, why do you think it's true? Well, 
just a feeling. Well, a feeling isn't evidence or proof or good enough uh, for a lot of people, and you will get ridiculed and shut down for forming beliefs based on lack of anything, you know? So I have to be very careful. I have to say, I, I know it's boring, but I have to sort of sit on the fence a little bit with this thing, leave everything on the table and only take them off when they've been completely proven or disproven. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to be in that position, but it, it's fair and it's, you know, it's got that sort of, sort of backing, whether it's in a scientific way or just purely evidential so yeah there's nothing wrong with going about it calculating man i like it it's fine it's it's very evidence-based and i think that that's what's important to really stake your claim on this kind of stuff and yeah i, I think it's great man what you do is awesome man Thank so you. uh with with the ufos if you had one land right in front of you and beings came down what would you say um I don't know. I don't know what I'd say. I'd probably say hello. <laughs> I'd probably freeze up, and but I certainly wouldn't panic. I certainly wouldn't. I think we know that if they're that advanced, that resistance is futile, shall we say. If they wanted to take me, I'd go with them. Yeah. Wouldn't try and stop them, that's for sure. So, yeah, I've never re I don't really think about it that often. I mean, I've never had an experience. I've never seen anything uh, or anything. I mean, so I think what I do think about a lot is just looking up and seeing something would be a great first thing for me, you know. So, for, but for them to land in front of me, wow, I, I'd, I'd like it. Yeah. What do you think about hooking up with like a CE five group or something like that? There's got to be one near you. Uh, do you think that there's um, anything to that? Yeah, I do think there's something to it. I'm very skeptical. But I do think there's something there with the conscious connection and that. Um, I'm just very dubious of people like Dr. Greer, um, who I used to have a lot of respect for, but not so much these days. I think he's really packaged CE5 in a, in a, in a, in a negative way. Like, these are my protocols. You buy them off me, they will work. I disagree with that. Um, so I've made connections with a guy called Tyler that runs Contact Tour, who um, are a group that practice contact and conscious contact and stuff. So I've been sort of speaking to him quite a bit, trying to learn about it and and get more information on it because I am I am open to it, but I just want to be careful how I go about it. And yeah, something I would I would willingly go over to California to one of his expeditions and go and try it out, definitely, but probably not around here in the UK. Okay. Uh, it's just like a way that if that's your desire, it sounds like you can have that happen. You can just go to a CE5 group. I mean, if it's as advertised, then they should be able to do that. You could even get like a GoFundMe from your listeners or something like that. They would all chip in and then you have a show about uh, the experience. That would be really cool, man. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, so with with everything in the disclosure movement right now, what do you think it's the least likely thing that will happen out of any of it? <sighs> man, it's tough. It's tough. We keep getting breadcrumbs for this might happen, that might happen. And yeah, I'm, I'm very dubious. I don't know. I don't want to cling on to something and for it then to not happen. We've seen that too many times in the past. I can, I can say the one thing we'll never get is the capital D disclosure, the, the government or the president or anyone like that standing up uh, at a press conference and saying they're here. I don't see that happening. So I don't know. Tough, tough question. <laughs> Now, um, something I'm interested in also, back to the CE5 for just a second, uh, was the conscious connection that you talk about, because we have heard a lot about this, that there's somewhat telepathic, that there's some sort of conscious connection here. What do you think that that means? I mean, these are two different, seemingly completely different 
species of entity uh, communicating in a way that we can barely fathom, but it's a superpower to us, not really a reality. And for them, it seems like no big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm still quite new to it, and so I haven't touched in depth really. But I think there's some kind of energy force, isn't there, like the cosmic web that connects everything in space and time uh, in some way, whether that be an, a physical entity like us or or something like an inanimate object, like uh, because they all have energy. They're made up of uh, particles, atoms, and things like that. So I think everything's connected in some way. I think it, it definitely warrants more. Um, research and I think it needs to be brought into the mainstream a bit and sort of out of that woo 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 kind of vibe where scientists have been too afraid to touch on it that much. Um, I think we're going to start seeing that to be honest. I, I do genuinely think that it's going to become a bit more acceptable in the scientific world where people will not fear for their jobs and you know if they touch upon these uh, strange fringe topics. So yeah. Very cool. Uh, so what do you think is the next thing that they're going to disclose? Like if you had to be a fortune teller, which I know that we're not, what would be the thing that the government comes out and says about UFOs or UAPs that uh, would be the biggest thing for us? That's a good question. Again, I don't think I think we're going to start seeing more things coming from outside of the government through uh, through researchers, through maybe leaks like we've seen with the stuff Jeremy Corbell has been doing. Um, I think we're going to see that ramp up quite uh, quite a lot if the government don't do anything. As far as the government go, I want to see the congressional hearings, something along the lines that compare them to the 2013 citizens hearing on disclosure. I mean, that was ex-congressman. That was kind of like a, a trial run, let's say, for if they ever did it for real. But I want to see that happen. Then people that do know, people who have got uh, non-disclosure agreements or, um, you know, people that aren't allowed to talk about what they know, they can they can talk. Uh, and if that gets out into the public, huge, absolutely huge. But I know it's wishful thinking. It's a kind of a waiting game for me. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, we're all um, staying tuned, you know, and yeah, I think that there was a little bit of disappointment on what came out on in June 25th there uh, that it, we were just like, wah, wah, you know, it really wasn't much of anything. <laughs> it was like, come on, man. I thought we were going to get all this cool stuff. Um, you know, Blue Book revealed more cool stuff than that. So, yeah. uh, well, brother, uh, we'll probably cap it here, man, and we'll let you get back to your research. I know you got a YouTube thing to do after this. So we'll let you run, but for, uh, for the audience, man, if you don't mind, just tell us um, tell us where you can where you can be found, brother. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, you can find me. My main platform, I suppose, is Instagram, where I'm at disclosure underscore team. Then I'm on Twitter at disclosure team underscore. Then you can find me um, on YouTube, uh, Disclosure Team is the channel. And then I have a secondary channel where I, me and my friend Max uh, focus on European UAP, UAP cases and we interview witnesses and stuff. And that channel is Max and Vinny's UAP show. Um, but the best thing to do is find me on Instagram. You can go to the link tree in my bio and you can find all the links to everything from that one place. So yeah, go check it out. Perfect. Well, then I will link your Instagram and then your link tree as well. So people can just go there and use that as a hub. So that'll work Perfect. perfectly. Uh, Vinny, I can't thank you enough for your time and you're wonderful. Keep doing the, keep doing the good work here, brother. And we will uh, keep up with you and see how you're doing in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, stay in touch and let's do this again sometime. 
A huge thanks to Vinny Adams for coming on the show and talking disclosure and UAPs and all the cool stuff with us. Uh, all the ways, of course, to find him, guys, will be linked down in the show notes, so y'all can just go click down there and check him out. Uh, he does some really cool stuff for the disclosure movement. So thank you again, Vinny, for your time, and thank you all for listening. Uh, so as far as this show goes, guys, you can find us at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where the links to all of the socials will be found. Uh, the YouTube video of this conversation will be up on YouTube as well. Uh, Patreon's over there. Y'all know how that works. And truly, truly grateful to each and every one of you. Uh, so go out into your week this week, guys. Uh, keep your head in the clouds. You know, let's look for some UAPs. Let's uh, find out what's going on here. If you guys do uh, come across something cool, video it, man, and send it into your local MUFON representative uh, or BUFON or wherever the hell you are. Uh, there's somewhere out there that can help you out with that. So um, go out there while you're looking for UFOs. And uh, if you stumble across any litter, just go ahead and pick it up and don't litter in the first place, right? Uh, get out of the left-hand lane whenever you're going to your favorite spot to research if you've got somebody behind you. Uh, just go out into your week this week, guys, as every week, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank y'all so much for listening. We'll see you next time.